What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, we're going to take a look through which teams have the best fixtures and then decide which players from those teams we should be looking to put into our Game Week 1 squads and also considering whether there's any players that we should be looking to avoid instead. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like. If you haven't yet done so and you've been enjoying the content throughout pre-season, please do hit that subscribe button. It will take two seconds to do. I'm trying to hit 400,000 subscribers before Game Week 1. And if you want to get your team rated for free on fantasy football hub make sure you click that link at the top of the description so let's start off with Chelsea who are one of those teams in FPL where you could say that nearly every single one of their players is potentially underpriced if they can show some improvement from last season there is definitely value to be had and I think under Pochettino that improvement will come and it will come early as well and I keep looking at those fixtures from game week three onwards thinking I need a piece of that action so you've got Luton at home Forest at home Bournemouth away is Villa at home in game week six and straight after that it's Fulham and Burnley away even in game weeks one and two where they play Liverpool at home and West Ham away that wouldn't put me off owning their players in my game week one squad especially at the price they're at I know some people are going to be looking at that fixture and thinking I'll just get one of their players in game weeks three or four nothing wrong with that whatsoever but loads of stuff will crop up in the first few game weeks so just don't book too many transfers in because then you start getting into territory where you have to start taking hits and stuff like that I'll talk about the defenders in a minute let's start off with the attackers Obviously, we've got a whole preseason to go. We can see how Pochettino sets up, which players he's likely to use. But I'd be surprised if Nkunku, who's a 7.5 million forward, and Sterling, who's a 7 million pound midfielder, aren't getting regular minutes. And Sterling, who last season wasn't great, just like all the Chelsea players still put up 0.57 expected goal involvement per 90 minutes he is a quality player and if you look at his FPL kind of history it's pretty fantastic right last year yeah rubbish before that 163 points and you go back the last few seasons 154 204 234 229 this has been a very consistent player that gets loads of goal scoring opportunities and sets up chances as well so for 7 million whether he's playing off the right or the left I think he is going to be in that team and I'd be much more confident saying that about him than most of the other players and Kunku's obviously new to the league there'll be lots of talk about Bundesliga Liga uh, kind of tax and stuff like that but you look at his goals and assists record the last couple of seasons it's hard not to get excited so last year 25 matches in the league 16 goals four assists year before that 34 games 20 goals 13 assists so again Chelsea bought a quality player that's probably going to get pretty regular minutes in whatever role Pochettino plays him in and there's lots of talk in the Chelsea fan base that he's going to be the one that gets penalties as well that's not confirmed but they don't have a huge amount of the options that would be high up the list in terms of taking them like Reese James has been spoken about in the past Sterling as well but his record is not great so it's not guaranteed but Nkunku could have penalties if you look at the other attackers they have I'd be surprised if Aubameyang or Lukaku are still at Chelsea by the time we get into next season but obviously they've just signed Nicholas Jackson from Villarreal so it could be that he's the number nine and Nkunku's playing off him in which case he's another seven million pound forward option we could look at Broyer is one that definitely interests me there is rumors and kind of speculation that Pochettino really rates him 
So if he's getting regular minutes, he'll be in everyone's team at 5 million. But I think maybe that's wishful thinking. Obviously, when you've got so many options to choose from, there could absolutely be some rotation. And if we're not certain on who those players are, I would stick with the kind of safer picks instead. With the midfielders, again, you've got Madueki who could get decent minutes. Players like Ziyech and Pulisic are probably going to leave. And we'll have to see if they bring anyone else in. But I just think with the options they've got, even if Mudrick was to play on the left quite regularly, Sterling could play on the right. I just don't see with his experience how he's not in the team. And obviously, Mudrick is someone you could look at if he's getting regular minutes, but I just don't see that um, early on whatsoever. So I like the look at the uh, attackers with the fixtures they've got. I think Nkunku and Sterling are definitely worth considering for your team, especially when they're players that a lot of people just won't go for because of how Chelsea did last season. You could get ahead of the curve there. In terms of the defenders, I am big, I'm a big fan of Chilwell and Rhys James because they can be so attacking, but they have both had injury concerns over the last season or so, especially Rhys James. Even Chilwell has proven his fitness more recently than Rhys James has. So right now, if I was choosing one, he's probably the one that I would go for. But at 5.5 million, they are capable of getting similar scores to Trent Alexander-Arnold for 2.5 million less that is why I'm always so interested in them but I do appreciate that there's so many five to five and a half million defenders a lot of you won't want to take the risk but if you are setting up a squad without the likes of Trent or Salah and there's a bit of money to go around you can even buy one of those two players and bench them for the first couple of weeks waiting for that fixture in game week three and then putting them into your side it, it seems unlikely that Pochettino is going to play with wingbacks but if he does that just puts them even higher up in kind of you know my mind in terms of wanting them but even as a fullback I still think they'll be used in a very attacking way so I've got my eyes on them but I think there's so many five to five and a half million defenders they're not a dead cert for my team the players that I am kind of looking at in their defense are the center backs the problem is there's so many of them it's hard to call right now who's going to be kind of first choice but they do rotate quite well with teams like Newcastle so you could have Botman plus a Chelsea center back rotating and getting the good fixtures out of them obviously we know what Chelsea's fixtures are we just talked about them but they've got Badia Sheila they've got Fafana Thiago Silva's still there they don't seem to want to sell Carwell either maybe they're going to sell Chalaber but even if they sell him there's so many center backs there we could see a little bit of rotation so Chelsea are definitely that team where we need to have a look in pre-season and maybe discuss it again closer to game week one but I am certainly interested in one of their centre backs at four and a half if we know which one's nailed and definitely the full backs in James and Chilwell and right now Nkunku and Sterling are the only attackers I would look at but if we see someone like Broya or Jackson doing well and getting regular minutes we could consider them too. So while we're talking about fixtures, I thought I would show you one of the tools over on Fancy Football Hub, which is their fixture analyzer, part of their membership package. If you want to check that out, link in the description below up to 50% off at the moment. And if you sign up and don't win your mini league, they will give you your money back. There's terms and conditions that apply, links to that in the description below. But the fixture analyzer is just one of the useful tools over on the site. And obviously what it will show you is who's got the best fixtures down to the worst. Now right now it's set to overall and the first six game weeks. So it's going to cover a lot of the teams I'm speaking about in this video. Chelsea, Brighton, Arsenal, Brentford and Man City. They've got the best overall fixtures. But you can use it quite nicely pre-season and during the season as well to start planning. So for example, let's say you wanted a goalkeeper, a position you don't tend to use too many transfers on. You might think a bit further ahead. So you might go up to, I don't know, like game week 13. Then see who's got the best overall fixtures. Suddenly Man United are at the top. 
and potentially someone like Anana could be an option, maybe Brighton goalkeeper, maybe even Crystal Palace. But what's even better is that is just overall fixtures. That is not taking into account the strength of the team. So then you can then order it by clean sheet potential. All of a sudden, as you might expect, Man City are right at the top. Do you have 5.5 million to spend on Edison? Probably not. So you could start looking at maybe Aston Villa goalkeeper. Martinez is 5 million. Arsenal, uh, Ramsdale, 5 million, etc. Or if you just wanted to spend 4.5, you can go down until you get a team that's got a 4.5 million goalkeeper, which would be Brighton. And according to the kind of points projections and stuff like that, they are a better bet for the first 13 game weeks than anyone else. Obviously, you can do that for different dates. If you want to transfer out a player in game week six and have someone all the way up until game week 14, you can see who's got the best fixtures for that. If you're not looking for a defensive player, you could look at goals as well, etc. There's loads of different ways to play around with it. Loads of tools as part of that membership. Make sure you check it out. Link in the description below. So Brighton are a team that are going to get talked about a lot. They've got loads of good value players. They were brilliant under De Zerbi last season. And of course, they're in this video. So they've also got great opening fixtures. In fact, in the first six game weeks, four of the matches are at home. And they are Luton, West Ham, Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth. So that looks pretty great. After that, it does get a bit trickier. You've got Villa away in game week seven, Liverpool at home in game week eight and Man City away in game week nine. But the beauty of Brighton is, if after six game weeks you've got spare transfers, they're not quite performing how you wish, you don't like the look of those fixtures, you can just transfer them out. But if you don't have the spare transfers, is it really the end of the world to keep them for Villa, Liverpool and Man City, given how much chaos they caused to defences last year? I'm especially talking about their attackers. If I had to hold March, Matoma, whoever it is, through those games... It really wouldn't worry me that much. And afterwards, you got Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United, and Nottingham Forest. So things look pretty good for a long time for Brighton. There are a couple of things to think about. One, they're going to be in Europa League. How will they cope with that? And of course, will there be more rotation than maybe we were used to last season? And of course, they are going to lose some of their key players. McAllister has already gone, and it's very likely that Caicedo is going to go to Chelsea. Now, personally... I'm not hugely worried because of how good Brighton's recruitment is. They've already signed a few new players. Gross can go back into midfield as well. But also, they are a team that's so well drilled... I feel like every single player knows exactly how to play almost every single role. I'm not saying that Danny Welbeck can play right back and Lamptey's going to go and play left wing or whatever it might be. But I do think De Zerbi has got a kind of philosophy and stuff just drilled into all those players that they're not going to... They're, of course, going to lose out a bit by not having McAllister and Caicedo, but I think they will cope pretty well. And it's not like their prices are extortionate. Matoma and March could have easily been 7 or 7.5 million. They're only 6.5 and you look at the expected goal involvement numbers per 90 0.61 for Matoma 0.69 for March if they are still the starting left and right wingers which surely they will be they are great options for our team elsewhere in terms of attackers I just think there's probably a bit too much competition. I put Ferguson in my players to avoid video. Maybe I was a bit hasty with that. I do think he's probably first choice. But I think with the Europa League games and stuff like that coming, they will continue to manage him, especially with Welbeck, Undav and Jao Pedro there. So for six million, he could definitely be value. But I think I'd be a little bit too put off by his potential minutes longer term. So I think March and Matoma are the two that I would look at. Lots of people like in CISO, but I don't think his minutes are guaranteed. Yes, McAllister's not there, so in CISO could play number 10. 
but so can Jao Pedro. He could also play with just two of the forwards instead. So in CISO's minutes are not locked in by any stretch. In defence, I think it's got to be Estupinian. The only other defender I'd probably look at is Dunk, but he's the same price and less attacking. So I don't see why you wouldn't go for Estupinian. Some people have asked me about uh, Lamptey, but he's just too injury prone and there is no guarantee he's going to be in the team whatsoever. If preseason changes my mind, then I'm interested because Lamptey is a fun player to own. But I just don't see why he would suddenly start playing week in, week out. And to be honest, I'm not sure he's got the fitness. He's had a lot of injury concerns over the last uh, season or two. The only other player I would look at is their goalkeeper. Right now, I would assume Jason Steele is the number one. But of course, they've signed for Bruggen, so he might now be the new number one for Brighton. Hopefully... Um, Deserby will let us know who that is. I don't think I would double up on Brighton defence, so then it really depends on whether you're happy losing Estepinian. I would personally rather have like Flecken for Brentford if he's the number one, or maybe even a Pickford or someone like that for 4.5 and Estepinian. But of course, you can cover the Brighton defence in a cheaper way. For example, if Reyes stays at Brentford and he's the number one, then you could have. Brighton's keeper and someone like Pinnock or Henry in defence for Brentford instead for just 9 million. So I really like Estepinian. I don't think he's necessarily as essential as, as his current ownership suggests. But for five point, uh, for 5 million, with the attack and output he possesses, with the fixtures they've got, and the fact Brighton defence is just pretty good, he looks like a damn good option for game week one. So for me, the top three are easily the ones to, easily the ones to be looking at. Matoma, March, and Estepinian. There's going to be sh some shouts for Ferguson, possibly in CISO. Maybe the goalkeeper. All depends how you want to structure your squad. So Arsenal are nice and easy. I would say that most people should have at least two Arsenal players in their game week one squads, if not three. And there's a few reasons for that. One of which is, of course, fixtures. they got Forrest at home in game week one, Fulham at home in game week three. Sandwiched between that is Chris. Crystal Palace away. After those three games, it's Man United at home, Everton away, Spurs at home, and then in game week seven, it's Bournemouth away. So Man United and Spurs, their toughest fixtures. But as I've said before, because they're at home, I don't think that's going to phase Arsenal whatsoever. And as we saw last season, their attack and defence are both great. They're the closest thing we have to Man City without actually being Man City. But importantly, we can be more assured of their minutes. We can't say that about a lot of Man City players. So if you want a forward for Arsenal, Jesus should start most games. You want a midfielder, Saka, Odegaard, probably Martinelli as well. And then in defence, you've got Gabriel. For Man City, well, Edison, Haaland, probably pretty good. Maybe Grealish, left wing, maybe Stones and Diaz, but I'm never going to be as confident as I am with Arsenal. They do have a bit more strength in depth these days. Timber can play right back, right centre back. Trossard can basically play every attacking position. Havertz has come in. A lot of people think he's just going to play in the Xhaka role, but if needed, he could probably play any position across the attack as well. So we might see a little bit of a reduction in minutes in some of those players I've mentioned already, especially around Champions League. But generally, they're going to be really great options. And I like pretty much all of them, right? So Saka, Odegaard are my favourite midfielders, only because I'm slightly more concerned about minutes than everyone else for Martinelli. But for 8 million, he should be great. And they all have really good underlying numbers. 0.53 expected goal involvement for Saka, 0.53 for Odegaard as well, 0.66 for Martinelli. Saka's obviously on penalties too. And Jesus for 8 million. Bearing in mind a lot of the forwards, there's question marks over. I think he's a really good option, especially when there's a lot of cheap midfielders you could go for instead. And Jesus does frustrate people. 
because he does get a lot of chances, doesn't always score them. But when you get that many chances, the goals will come. And I actually looked at goals per 90 minutes for Arsenal players on Fantasy Football Hub. The top two... Martinelli and Jesus tied. I think it was about 0.48, 0.49. Everyone else was lower. Now, obviously, those those numbers aren't the only thing you need to know because Saka's goals per 90 are probably going to be a bit lower because he plays 90 minutes so often. But it just shows what Jesus is capable of. And then defence, if you want to go for Ramsdale and goal, no issues with that whatsoever. I personally will probably go 4.5, but Ramsdale's a solid option. And in defence, my, my go-to is Gabriel. I think minutes-wise and fitness-wise, he's better than Zinchenko. And goal threat-wise, he's better than Saliba. And he's 0.5 cheaper than Ben White. So for me, Gabriel's always going to be my go-to. I will almost certainly start game week one with Saka, Gabriel, and one other attack. I'd be really surprised if I only start with two Arsenal players. Havertz, I guess, is the one I've got the most interesting interesting because we're not quite sure where he's going to play. For 7.5 million, he could be a bargain. But I don't want to skimp if I can get more solid options for just 0.5 or even a million more. So speaking of Man City, it's going to be very difficult to go into game week one only owning Haaland when you look at those fixtures. They open the season with Burnley away. That's the Friday night game. They got Sheffield United away in game week three. So two newly promoted sides in the first three game weeks. In between them, it's Newcastle at home. And after those three matches is Fulham at home West Ham away Nottingham Forest at home I dread to think how many goals Man City are going to score in those games and surely there's going to be clean sheets along the way as well but outside of Haaland who'd you go for now in terms of defensive options you could look at Edison I think the fixtures are good enough to at least think about it but most people are going to structure their game week one squads by putting as much money as possible in the outfield players, therefore only spending four and a half or five million on their main goalkeeper. So I don't mind Edison, even though I've been burnt before, but I'll probably wait until later on in the season when kind of double game weeks and stuff like that starts happening. In terms of the actual defenders, if I had to guess who's going to get the most minutes, I would have to say John Stones and Ruben Diaz, both five and a half million. And Man City will be odds-on favourites to get the most clean sheets in the opening six games. So it's worth considering them. If you're in any doubt about their minutes, I would just look to a different team instead because neither of them are particularly attacking. And if they're not going to play, it doesn't matter how many clean sheets Man City get. You look at John Stones, who moves into midfield, which sounds great, but his expected goal involvement per 90 is 0.13. Like, it's not bad. It's just not that exciting either. So I think Stones looks good. But if you're in doubt about his minutes, just look to a different team instead. Unless you can guarantee me a different Man City defender that's going to play regularly. Like Ake maybe at five, but what happens when Vardiol comes in? Akanji maybe at five, but what if Carl Walker stays? There's just too many question marks for me, especially when there's so many good five to five and a half million defenders. In attack, if we look at last season, we have to assume that Jack Grealish is going to be first choice left winger. Like Once he came into that role, especially after the World Cup, no one else really got a look in. And I get that people kind of don't like him for FPL because he can be frustrating in front of goal. You've got the assist to Haaland, etc. But he does seem to squander quite a few chances. But again, you look at his underlying numbers, 0.55 expected goal involvement per 90. That is decent. The returns will come. So if you want someone that right now we can 
almost guarantee minutes from, he's surely the one to get. I know a lot of people like Foden, who's actually slightly higher owned than Grealish right now. I think that's mostly because they assume he's going to play in midfield if De Bruyne is injured. But if De Bruyne is fit and Grealish is playing on the left, that only really leaves Foden playing on the right. Now, there are rumours that other teams want to buy Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, etc., if that happens, Man City don't have a huge amount of players left to play in that right-wing role, so that may then well be kind of Foden's position. But if that's not the case, and one or two of those players are still there, I'd be a little bit concerned about Foden's minutes. Now, he is brilliant. I've said this before. Last season, he got more attacking returns than Bruno Fernandes, etc. And if he plays, he will get you plenty of FPL returns. But it's always that if he plays. So unless we see something from pre-season, I'm not 100% confident in Foden right now. And De Bruyne for 10.5 if he's fit, he has had a price drop from last year. But I still think given the other options available, even with those fixtures, I would probably look to save my money with like a Rashford or a Son or a Saka or an Odegaard and just put that money elsewhere instead. So for Man City, I will consider Haaland, Grealish, Foden, Stones and Edison. But realistically, right now, the only players I'd be fairly confident about minutes with is Haaland, Grealish and Stones. Let me know if you're going for anyone else other than Haaland for Man City, because those fixtures are excellent. So last up is Brentford, a team who after Spurs at home in game week one have got a run of Fulham away, Crystal Palace at home, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away in game week five, which is a little bit tougher, and then Everton at home in game week six. So four of the first six fixtures are all at home. Things look pretty good for Brentford. One issue they have is Ivan Tony is going to be missing for the first half of the season because he's suspended. And that is a big miss. At the time of recording, they haven't signed anyone to replace him. But I feel like Brentford are the type of team that will be able to cope with that right Thomas Frank is a good manager if they need to slightly alter their way of playing then they will and they have played without him before not that often but it has happened so that doesn't really concern me a huge amount one player that benefits is Mbomo his minutes were already good but surely they'll be even better now and he should take up penalty duty as well he's not guaranteed to be the number nine if they play a 4-3-3 then he could be off the right like he has been a lot with Tony and someone like Wiss or even Sharda could play through the middle but right Right now you would say those three players are going to be the three in attack unless they sign someone else so given that he's pretty much nailed with good minutes they haven't got Europe to contend with he's on penalties and his expected goal involvement per 90 is 0.63 I think Mbomo for 6.5 just is a solid option I know some people are starting to compare him to Neto from last season so when Neto's price was released last year for five and a half, a massive bandwagon was started. Loads of us started the season with them. I think he finished on two assists total for the whole year. So he wasn't great. I don't think Mbomo is a similar situation. I just think he is a solid option with really great fixtures. Obviously, if you wanted to go for a forward instead of a midfielder, you could look at Wissa, who should be fairly good for minutes as well. Again, unless they sign someone else. And for six million... He's competing with the likes of Ferguson at Brighton, Calvert-Lewin at Everton. And his underlying numbers are pretty good as well. So he is someone to consider, especially if you want to target Brentford's fixtures. But perhaps you don't have a space for Mbomo in midfield instead. I did have a look at Sharda's stats. They weren't that impressive, but obviously there is room to improve. And I think he is a little bit cheaper as well. So if we just quickly check Brentford here, he is he's only 5.5 million. So if you're stuck for cash you're trying to fit Trent or Salah or both in the team and you don't want to go for someone like Nsisa who seems to be most people's favorite 5.5 right now you could consider someone like Sharda instead but if you've got the money to spend 
Right now, I would say that Wissa and uh, Mbamo are slightly better options. In defence, you can either go for an actual defender like Ben Mee, Pinnett, Rico Henry, or one of the goalkeepers. Now, Raya was obviously first choice last year. Absolutely smashed it. I think it was 166 points. But they have signed Flecken. I'd be really surprised if they bought him not to be... You know, just to sit on the bench and be a number two. It seems quite likely that Ray is going to leave. If he does, if you can now get a Brentford goalkeeper for 4.5, when their original one was priced at 5 million, that seems like pretty good value. It's not to say that Flecken will definitely get the same amount of points, but he is a very good goalkeeper, right? And Brentford goalkeepers tend to be pretty decent. So I really like him for 4.5. I don't see the point in spending 5 million on Ben Mee. In terms of minutes, Pinnock and Henry should be just as good. And both of them are just as attacking. It's not like Ben Mee is a... If you think about Newcastle, for example, Cher is definitely more attacking than Botman. For Brentford, I would say it's not really the case. So I can't understand why you'd spend $5 million on Ben Mee. But if you do end up with a different goalkeeper, like you know Brighton, Pickford, you spend $5 million on Ramsdale or Nana if he comes in, or Kepper or someone like that, then having a Brentford defender could be nice with the fixtures they've got you could easily play them in at least four of the first six game weeks i would probably go with pinnock because between him and henry the stats are quite similar but pinnock's um xgi is geared more towards goal threat rather than assists, and obviously goals are worth more but there's really not much in it if you want to go for rico henry instead that's exactly what you should do so i think brentford are pretty good value after game week six they've still got a couple of decent fixtures as well Nottingham Forest away in game week seven. Then it's Man United away, which is a bit tougher. But then it's Burnley at home in game week nine. So potentially, if they continue, uh, sorry, if they delivered fairly continuously, you could hold a Brentford player all the way from game week one up till game week nine. And like I said, the prices are pretty decent. So Mbomo is currently in my draft. He's definitely someone I'm looking at. I could be persuaded to go Wisset instead. If I don't go for Flecken in goal, then I probably will choose Pinnock as well. They are the three main players I'm choosing. Let me know down in the comments below if there's any players from the teams I've mentioned that you think I've missed. Let me, let me know down in the comments. Give it a like if you enjoyed it. Hit subscribe if you haven't done so already. And if you want to check out Fantasy Football Hub, loads of links in the description below. Make sure to check them out. Sports Social Podcast Network.